everyone, and welcome to Transverse News, your weekly trans and LGBT news source here on the Transverse. Tonight, we have these two local stories that provide an interesting contrast. The first story features protests and a contentious school board meeting, which took place after a drag performance at a Fillmore, California Youth Center event. The second story surrounds a Fillmore pastor and former teacher arrested for soliciting sex with a 15-year-old girl. I love when these things come up together to shine a huge spotlight on actual threat versus perceived threat, fact versus rhetoric, and on the hypocrisy of a Christian white movement that pushes celibacy, opposes abortion, and decries the entirety of the LGBT community for sexual deviance, while at the same time perpetuating situations where people in power take advantage of children sexually. So this is fun stuff. For the drag story on June 16th, the Pride Resource Fair at One Step Alaves, a youth support center here in Fillmore, featured a four minute drag performance by a local drag queen. After that, some locals gathered to protest at the city council meeting on July 11th. Then more than 150 people showed up on Tuesday, July 18th to the local school board meeting to speak out about the incident. Why is this weird? One Step Alaves is a nonprofit organization that has provided much needed resources to local youth since 2007, including providing meals, mental health support, and air conditioned place to be on some hot days. The Pride event was hosted at their own facility. So how did the school board get involved or even the city council? Uh, your guess is about as good as mine on this one. The school lists One Step Alaves as a local resource on their website, but there are no direct support or connection. So all of the backlash over a pride event at a local LGBT support center just comes out of left field. They're coming for us, not just in schools, but in our own safe places and our own events. So this is, this is new. <laughs> Onto our second story in Fillmore, a minister and former teacher was charged with multiple felonies surrounding his sexually explicit correspondence with a 15-year-old. According to the charges, Barry Fike was caught in a sting operation where he allegedly thought he was speaking to an underage girl. He sent explicit pictures of himself and asked for a meeting in person. That's when the trap was sprung. He had actually been communicating with an undercover police officer in a manner that the Ventura District Attorney's Office called quote, sexual in nature via a chat room that did not have any age verification or other safety features in place. The DA charged the 67-year-old with four felony accounts of sending material to seduce a minor, one felony count of contacting a minor with intent to commit sexual offense, and one misdemeanor count of arranging a meeting with a minor for lewd purposes. Fike was a teacher at local Oaks Christian High School in Westlake for 11 years, but hasn't worked there since 2014, the school was quick to point out. There is no word yet about protests at Fillmore or Westlake City Council or school board meetings over this incident, you know, of an actual real grooming and sexual threat to children. I reached out to one of the organizers for the Pride event who said that the children who use One Step Alaves have commented that they didn't realize how many people were in support of them until this incident. They are feeling extremely grateful for the support they received for the resource fair and the support people had for the performer. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's administration said Tuesday that it had finalized new policies, this was Tuesday of last week, on the treatment of transgender students, guidance that will direct school districts to roll back some current 
accommodations and increase parental notification requirements about certain discussions involving gender identity. Youngkin said the guidelines, which have been sharply criticized by LGBTQ advocacy groups since they were first unveiled last year, will empower parents while prohibiting discrimination and creating a safe learning environment. <laughs> I love the irony of the statements these people make about the things that are doing the exact opposite of those. This is about doing what's best for the child. Again, completely incorrect. Youngkin said in an interview with the Associated Press, oh, and by the way, also recognizing that we need to ensure the privacy and dignity and respect of all children and parents in the school system. And that's what I think we have very carefully constructed here. In accordance with the 2020 state law, school boards will be asked to adopt policies that are consistent with this department's policy. The guidance says students participating in certain school programs and use of school facilities like bathrooms and locker rooms should be based on the sex assigned at birth with modifications offered only to the extent required under federal law. Finalized version of the rule adds an opt-out option for parents to request that their children be given access to a sex-separated facility in cases where, quote, state or federal law requires schools to permit transgender students to share otherwise sex-segregated facilities, such as bathrooms or locker rooms, with students of the opposite sex. Aaron in the Morning is reporting that the Arlington Public School District published a statement rejecting Governor Glenn Youngkin's school board policy, which includes several anti-trans rules. The statement reaffirms their, quote, unwavering support for their LGBTQIA students and community. We have reviewed the model policies and determined that our current policies and policy implementation procedures to protect the rights of our transgender students will stay as is, the statement reads. Superintendent Dr. Francisco Duran wrote, I oppose any policy that infringes upon the rights of our students and threatens the safety and well-being of our LGBTQIA students. APS will continue to uphold our core mission and follow our policies to ensure that every child receives equal educational access and opportunities. We fully support our transgender and LGBTQIA students and value the many diverse identities within our schools where every student can authentically express themselves, feel valued, and have a genuine sense of belonging. So yeah, it sounds kind of ironic considering that Yunkin essentially said that that's what his policies were doing. How interesting. And another uh, very interesting article, this one's gonna be kind of fun. Fox News host Jesse Waters has been schooled by his mother live on air with her urging him not to, quote, tumble into any conspiracy rabbit holes in his new role with the right wing uh, broadcaster Fox News. During his first show in Tucker Carlson's former slot after the controversial host left Fox in April, left Fox, I love this. Um, this is by Pink News, by the way. Waters took a call from his mother who asked him to be kind and respectful on air and to take less interest in other people's bodies. Carlson was well known for ranting about trans people, giving airtime to hardline right-wing groups, including gays against groomers and blaming California wildfires on woke culture, which is just a great, a great conspiracy connection to draw. Seemingly in a dig at the former host, Waters' mother, Anne, said on the show on Monday, July 17th, do not tumble into any conspiracy rabbit holes. We don't want to lose you and we want no lawsuits. <laughs> Use your voice responsibly to promote conversation that maintains a narrative thread. 
there really has been enough Biden bashing, perhaps you could suggest that your people take less interest in example in other people's bodies. I love that. Your mom comes on to school, you like, just stop worrying about other people's genitalia and, and quit being such a tool. Moving on to Louisiana, Louisiana's Republican-led legislature Tuesday passed a ban on gender-affirming care for most minors in the state, sending the bill to a Democratic governor who has signaled opposition to the legislation but faces a GOP supermajority with the numbers to override his veto power. House Bill 648 would bar those under 18 in Louisiana from receiving gender-affirming surgeries, puberty-blocking medications, and hormone treatments, and would punish healthcare professionals that provide such care to minors with the revocation of their license for a minimum of two years. The legislation passed the State House Tuesday by a vote of 72 to 25 after the Senate passed it Monday with a 29 to 10 majority, which included some Democrats. Moving on to the UK here, Environment Secretary Therese Coffey has ordered an investigation into the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, providing free sanitary products in men's toilets in a move slammed as an attempt to stir animosity towards trans people. Coffey ordered the official probe after a Freedom of Information request revealed the details of sanitary products being regularly replenished in men and female toilets understood to be for trans employees. The DEFRA, DEFRA, confirmed that it supplies free period products to all those in need, including trans and non-binary civil servants who may use the men's toilets. A spokesperson for the department told Pink, Pink News, since earlier this year, we have offered free period products for those in need across the whole DEFRA estate. DEFRA has offices across the UK with main locations in Birmingham, Bristol, London, Newcastle, Reading, and York. The spokesperson said that in its London office, which it shares with the Home Office and Department for Leveling Up, Housing and Communities, free period products are placed only in the women-only and gender-neutral bathrooms. A spokesperson for, the, for a trans charity, Gendered Intelligence, told Pink News that Coffee's call for investigation is the latest bid to stir up animosity towards the, the trans community. DEFRA employs over 10,000 people, which will include trans men who use the men's toilets and still need sanitary products, including sanitary products in all toilets is a simple, compassionate gesture that hurts nobody and really helps the people who need it. The Environment Secretary's call for an investigation is nothing but an attempt to make trans civil servants unwelcome and stir up animosity towards the trans community. Some right-wingers are losing it over the new and inclusive Barbie movie, critiquing its expansive view of gender and co even calling it communist propaganda. The Greta Gerwig-directed film depicts a land in which various Barbies and Kens have an idyllic life, but one of them, played by Margot Robbie, decides to see what the outside world is like, and she's in for some surprises. Another one of the Barbies is played by transgender actress Hari Neff, as much as there's a celebration of femininity and being a girl in this movie, I think there's also an encouragement of letting go of the checklist we ascribe to living and living our life and being in our body, your own way, on your own terms. She recently told out a sister publication of The Advocate, which is um, who reported this article. The best that we can do as women, as trans women, is be there for each other and take ourselves at face value without relying on the green light from someone or anyone else. Other actors in the movie have made similar comments about its inclusive view of gender. I knew it was going to be something and then I read it and it was like sort of 
about how gender roles deny people half of their humanity and how we need to just be ourselves. Lesbian actress Kate McKinnon told Fandango. This was all too much for some right-wing commentators and politicians. The film, quote, forgets its core audience and families and children while catering to nostalgic adults and pushing lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender character stories, wrote a contributor to Movie Guide, a site with a conservative Christian bent. This is an ironic story because there is a Laverne Cox Barbie. The Barbie brand is supportive of LGBT folks, including trans folks, and there is trans representation within the Barbie toys themselves. So it's really kind of ironic to see this pushback from Republicans about the movie, about this organization that supports the LGBT community. Others objecting to Neff's presence in the movie include right-wing pundit Charlie Kirk, who dubbed the trailer the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Then there are those who found the primary character Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, to be insufficiently masculine. Have they ever seen Ken? And as they note here in the article, he's a, a doll without genitalia. Ginger Gates, wife of far-right Republican Congressman Matt Gates, wrote on Twitter that when they attended the premiere, she saw disappointingly low T from Ken, referring to testosterone. And she also called him a beta male, not an alpha. And it's great because Matt Gates and his wife um, showed up in matching pink. I'm not, you can't trash men who wear pink. Like that's not what I'm trying to do here, but it's just like, if you're gonna be alpha male and that's what you have to be is alpha male, matching your your wife's pink dress seems a little, a little not that, but we won't talk about hypocrisy there. House Republicans continue to attack the LGBTQ community through spending bills now, not content with attaching anti-LGBTQ plus amendments to the defense spending bill, Far-right Republicans in the U.S. House are doing the same with every other appropriations bill that's coming through. These vary across bills, but they include bans on gender-affirming health care, amendments against diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, provisions against enforcement of President Biden's executive order on how to implement the Supreme Court's Bostock ruling with declared anti-LGBTQ plus job description illegal, measures allowing federal contractors to discriminate, restrictions on display of pride flags, and objections to the Biden administration's pending rule endorsing transgender athletes participating under their gender identity in most school sports. So they're just doing this underhanded tactic, this really shady thing of putting limitations on transgender rights within funding bills that are really important for different departments in the government to function. So they're hijacking the government process by slipping these things in, and it's a really shady tactic. The U.S. House of Representatives, which has a narrow Republican majority, passed the National Defense Authorization Act with anti-LGBTQ plus amendments by a largely party line vote Friday. But the Democratic majority Senate ha isn't expected to approve a bill with these provisions. And the two chamber bills have to be the same before the president can sign them into law. They've chosen to derail the defense funding for this culture war that they want to perpetuate when they're the party that claims that they're all about national defense and military funding and all of that. Again, just the irony. A funding bill for the Departments of Labor, Education and Health and Human Services cleared a House Appropriations Subcommittee also Friday, and it contains 
several anti-transgender amendments, as well as bans on funding for DEI programs, Planned Parenthood, and more. The bill, quote, protects religious freedom and values by stopping Biden's regulation that would require schools to allow bi biological boys to compete against girls in women's sports programs and prohibiting any federal funding from going towards enforcing gender identity politics or social, hormonal, and surgical interventions to look like the opposite sex, said a statement from Republican Representative Robert Adderhalt of Alabama, who chairs the subcommittee. The health care portion affects funding through Medicare, Medicaid, and TRICARE, the latter providing health care for armed force members and their families. That's also great when they're hijacking the, the health care of people that are serving our country, putting their lives on the line for our country, and we want to limit their access to health care because of identity politics from the Republican Party. A federal judge has temporarily blocked the state of Arizona from enforcing its trans sports ban, warning that the law could cause irreparable harm to trans youth. On Thursday, July 20th, federal judge Jennifer G. Zips granted a preliminary injunction on an Arizona law banning trans women and girls from playing on school and college sports teams that align with their gender identity. The temporary block will allow a lawsuit filed in April by the parents of two trans girls to be processed. The suit alleges that Arizona's trans sports ban violates Title IX, which prevents federally funded education programs and activities from discriminating on the basis of sex and the Education Protection Clause in the U.S. Constitution. The plaintiffs are a 15-year-old volleyball player and 11-year-old who wants to run cross-country and play soccer and basketball. They are known in court filings as Jane Doe and Megan Rowe. Arizona's Save Women's Sports Act was passed by the Republican-controlled legislature in 2022. It restricts trans girls and women from being able to participate on sports teams that align with their gender identity at publicly funded schools from grade school through college. And so it's this interesting thing, like they're trying to use government funding as, as their wedge thing of like, we shouldn't have to pay for this stuff. So it shouldn't be allowed within government-funded schools, and yet, the government-funded schools are the ones that are the most protected by the Constitution. It's an interesting battle. We'll have to see how this one plays out once it gets to the Supreme Court, as I'm sure at some point all of these major issues will. Suppose a child begins to use a name or pronoun inconsistent with their birth certificate or request access to school facilities that don't correspond with their gender assigned at birth. In that case, a Southern California school district's teachers must now inform their parents. There were several hours of debate Thursday before the Chino Valley Unified School District's board approved a new policy. During this time, security officials escorted State Superintendent of Public Instruction Tony Thurmond away. He attended the meeting to voice concerns about student safety risks associated with the policy. That's according to Oakland Fox affiliate KTVU. I support parents' rights, but I also support the safety of our students, Thurman told CBUSD school board members, and he shared statistics on suicide rates for LGBTQ plus youth. We're here because of people like you, CBUSD board president Sonia Shaw remarked during a fiery rant, you're in Sacramento proposing things that pervert children. This is in California, by the way. Security escorted him from the podium as Thurman attempted to respond to Shaw. The California Department of Education and the Los Angeles County Office of Education have previously partnered to provide teachers with cultural competency training to boost help for LGBTQ plus youth, which Thurmond has supported. 
Some parents agreed with this position, while others perpetuated false claims around parents' rights without considering the rights of LGBTQ youth as individuals. As liberals and conservatives battle it out for power and influence in school districts throughout California, Thurman's exit and the controversial vote come at a challenging time for education. A video of the inter interaction between the conservative school board president and the superintendent was shared on social media. In response to the incident, Thurman tweeted that he felt verbally attacked by the school board president. I don't mind being thrown out of a board meeting by extremists, he wrote. I can take the heat. It's part of the job. What I can't accept is the mistreatment of vulnerable students whose privacy is being taken away. Republican lawmakers are looking to ban pride flags at national sites, including Stonewall. Rainbow pride flags might soon be banned at Stonewall National Monument by Republicans in the House of Representatives as they continue their cuts to target LGBTQ funding during the appropriation process. Republicans had earlier proposed additional cuts to LGBTQ programs and services in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania. Republicans in a House Interior and Environment Appropriations Subcommittee have introduced a rider that would permit only official flags on government buildings and property. Opponents warned the rider would prevent the pride flag from being flown at U.S. National Park Service's sites like the Stonewall National Monument that sits near the Stonewall Inn where the 1969 riot began, which sparked the very first pride parade. While the writer did not specifically mention Stonewall or the pride flag, it was clear that Republicans were targeting the LGBTQ community with their proposed cuts. I am strongly opposed to any effort to discriminate against LGBTQ community. And as a ranking member, I intend to fight this provision. Ranking Democrat on the committee, Representative Shelley Pingree of Maine said in a statement, House Republicans had previously introduced and moved a last minute amendment stripping three community projects of funding during committee markup for the 2024 Transportation, Housing and Urban Development Spending Bill. LGBT Senior Housing Inc., William Way LGBT Center, and LGBT Center of Greater Reading were all defunded in yesterday's actions. Connecticut Representative Rosa DeLaro, the ranking Democrat in the committee, called the GOP move one of terrorists. Representative Brendan Boyle, whose Philadelphia area project was defunded, told the advocate he and many of his colleagues suspect that Republicans just searched for the keyword LGBTQ to see which projects to target. Boyle lost $1.8 million of previously approved funding for the William Way Community Center. Representative Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts lost $850,000 for an organization that supports LGBTQ plus housing for older Americans, while Pennsylvania Representative Chrissy Houlihan lost 970,000 for an LGBTQ plus center in Reading. Andy Harris, a Republican representative said the services were targeted because of information he claimed to have found on their websites. It has social and support groups for seven-year-olds, I guess to groom seven-year-olds. Why would you guess that? Don't you have to have some sort of fact in legislating and creating laws for our country? Harris alleged regarding the, the website of the LGBT Center of Greater Reading, because why else would you have? It's not for adults. It's not an adult group. Why would you have a support group for children? Does he is he seriously asking that? Especially if they're LGBT youth, like, does he not understand anything? 
that is so bizarrely out there. Like what world are you in where you don't understand that LGBT youth need support services? You can't be attacking the LGBT community and LGBT youth specifically at every turn and then not understand that support services for them are valid. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand this at all. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir is pushing back hard against Republican efforts to cast him as an advocate of gender reassignment surgery for minors, saying his detractors have misrepresented his position and invoking his Christian faith and support for parental rights to explain why he vetoed a measure that banned gender affirming care for children. Bashir, a Democrat seeking a second term in a race that could test the political potency of Republican messaging on transgender issues, said in, in an interview that he has always opposed gender reassignment surgery for children, as I think everyone does. My position on this has always been clear. I have never supported gender reassignment surgery for minors, and they don't happen in Kentucky. It's a direct response to what he says is a patently false Republican narrative that suggested he supports such surgeries. The Courier Journal has reported that there is no record of such surgeries for minors happening in, in Kentucky. The GOP attacks coming from groups backing Republican gubernatorial nominee Daniel Cameron and from the candidate himself were meant to cut into Bashir's popularity in the conservative-leaning bluegrass state. Kentucky's showdown for governor is one of the most closely watched campaigns this year and could provide insight about voter sentiment heading into 2020 elections for White House and Congress. Not really voter sentiment, but whether or not voters buy into the lies perpetuated by the Republican Party when it comes to what gender affirming care is and what is actually done under gender affirming care. A new ad released Monday by the, by the Bashir campaign doubles down on his previous statements opposing the surgeries for minors and his campaign's denunciation of the GOP attack. And it reflects the governor's determination to not cede so-called family values issues to Cameron, the state's attorney general. In the Bashir ad, he says, my faith guides me as governor and as a dad. I'm a deacon in my church and I believe that all children are children of God. In vetoing the bill, the governor said it allowed, quote, too much government interference in personal health care issues and rips away the freedom of parents to make medical decisions for their children. The measure prevents trans youth from accessing puberty blockers and hormone therapy. When I took office, I vowed to support parents because as parents, we know what's best for our kids, not politicians in Frankfurt or Washington, Bashir said in ads. Tucked into the legislation was a ban on gender reassignment surgery for minors. Totally reasonable and um, totally unnecessary because it's, it's not done, but okay. Republican groups have used Bashir's veto as an opening to unleash the campaign attack on Bashir. In recent comments on two news media outlets, the Republican Governors Association said, if Andy Bashir doesn't support sex chain surgery for minors, he should have signed the bill that would ban sex chain surgery for minors, plain and simple. But it doesn't ban sex chain surgery for minors, plain and simple. That is a lie. It has provisions in there for blocking other procedures that are safe and healthy for trans youth, puberty blockers and hormone treatment. And to equate that his vetoing that bill is saying he's pro sex change surgery for minors is a complete fabrication. Canadian midfielder Quinn has become the first out trans and non-binary football player to play at a World Cup. Quinn started Canada's match against Nigeria on Friday at the Women's World Cup and the game ended in a goalie's draw. 
The 26-year-old played the full 90 minutes, but was unable to help the team find a breakthrough as their campaign got off to a frustrating start. Quinn is becoming accustomed to creating history after becoming the first out trans and non-binary athlete to compete at the Olympics two years ago. That proved to be a triumphant tournament for Canada as Quinn's team secured Olympic gold in Tokyo. They entered the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand as one of the favorites, but failed to get all three points in their opening game as Christine Sinclair saw her penalty saved by Nigeria goalkeeper Chamaka Nadozi. A Massachusetts teacher has defended some transgender posts that she made that cost her two jobs. In April, school officials in East Hampton offered Erica Fijinski-Stark the opportunity to become the city's next superintendent. She didn't expect social media posts from over two years ago to disrupt contract negotiations. Students from the high school's Gender and Sexuality Alliance Club raised what they called extreme concerns about Facebook posts made by Fijinski-Stark and labeled them as conservative transphobic rhetoric, a characterization that Fijinski-Stark called unjustified. She decided to withdraw from negotiations after East Hampton school officials informed her they would look into the post. The superintendent search in East Hampton had gained international interest at that point after Dr. Vito Perone, the candidate offered the position before Fijinski Stark, claimed he had lost out on the job after using the word ladies in an email to school officials. Amid intense public scrutiny, Fijinski Stark decided against speaking out in the spring. Then last month, students again protested, this time at Hampshire Regional High School when the school district contemplated appointing her to an administrative position. Again, she lost out on a job due to the Facebook posts. I recognized and acknowledged the concerns that were an outgrowth of the Facebook posts, but I was disappointed and saddened by the ongoing public discussion, Brzezinski Stark told Mass Live in a recent interview. But this representation surrounding the two Facebook posts that were labeled transphobic really without justification. The pair of Facebook posts were from January and March of 2021. The first appeared days after President Joe Biden signed an executive order that called on all federal agencies to enforce a Supreme Court decision that expanded the definition of sex discrimination to include gender identity. Biden's orders explicitly re referenced school sports. Quote, for every female out there, it's time to speak up. One of Fijinski Stark's Facebook posts read, as a former Division I scholarship athlete and academic and athletic all-American, our young women just got stripped of their equal rights and equal opportunity yesterday. One post included an article published on PragerU.com that contended that transgender girls held an un unfair advantage over cisgender competitors. Another linked to a petition urging people to defend Title IX, a law best known for its role in gender equality in athletics and preventing sexual harassment on campuses, according to the Associated Press. Riley John Groover of Winter Haven, Florida, allegedly shot and killed himself after shooting his pregnant fiance in front of witnesses outside of their home last week. While the sheriff's office did not release the victim's identity, Groover's mother identified the victim as Camden Ryder, a 21-year-old transgender man who was eight months pregnant. Groover and Ryder were engaged in expecting a baby boy, according to the victim's Facebook profile, which included photos and videos shared last month of the couple during the baby's gender reveal. Ryder expressed excitement about becoming a parent and marrying Groover in posts on his Facebook account. When the suspect became enraged, family members and neighbors did everything they could to help Ryder and get him away from Groover, 
Family members told deputies that the couple has argued in the past and that some of these altercations had turned physical, according to the sheriff's office, which noted that none of these previous incidents were reported to law enforcement. Groover's mother told WTSP that while the couple loved each other very much, that their relationship could be volatile and the pair sometimes got into heated arguments. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transverse News. Be sure to check out our other podcast, The Transgender Show, an interview program about self-discovery and acceptance.